This episode is brought to you by our friends at Detroit Boxing Company. They're a clothing brand that focuses on quality and comfort. I have a few of their shirts and they are comfy as hell. And not only are you going to look great, but I swear when I put my shirt on, I can throw my jab cross hook way better. Maybe that's just the placebo effect, but I swear it looked way better. If you want to learn more about the company and what TJ has been putting together, you should listen to episode number 36 of the podcast. I had a chance to talk to him about his motivations and what inspired him to start the company. He's a wonderful dude and what he's putting out is great. So be sure to check out their website at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. And at the checkout, make sure you use the word CoreyCast, all one word, no E, C-O-R-Y-C-A-S-T, and save yourself 10% at checkout. It's time to treat yourself. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another episode of The CoreyCast. Today's guest is my friend Tyler. He owns a marketing company called Two Boys Media. And what I love about Tyler, he is enthusiastic, he's genuine, he's positive, he's all around just a nice guy. And his marketing company really focuses on help growing your company's social media presence or your SEO, search engine optimization really helps try to focus on growing your business to make sure that you get the most that you want out of it. And really he's doing a lot of great things for a lot of great local organizations, uh, from restaurants to, I think we had just said that he signed a Christian or Catholic, uh, organization and he really focuses on helping people. And that's why I love Tyler so much. We talked about marketing plans, social media plans, UFC fights, and we even talked a little about family and I got a little choked up at the end because I was talking about my dad and and the moment I realized how special and how fortunate I really was to, to have a great dad like mine. So I'll shut up now. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, follow, and also leave a review if you can on iTunes. I would much appreciate it. TJ in the house, baby. Dude, I'm excited you want to be on the podcast. There's it's uh very rare that people ask to want to be on the podcast. I usually gotta like outreach to them, but there's a sure. few. So I was like flattered. I was like, hell yeah, you can come on and talk you about it. Awesome dude. Why would I not want to be on here? Oh, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. You just started like a really cool new venture uh with your two boys media, right? Is that sure that's how did. you say it? Two boys media? Yeah. Yep. So uh, the two boys are obviously my two boys, Giovanni and Gabriel. Um, everything, you know, everything I do, the the reason why I took this step was, you know, for them and, you know, kind of thought it was a, a cool name and the, you know, the little tag, the 2BM, I think that's like a, a cool niche little, yeah. little tagline, but um, you know, we're off to a roaring start. I've been in business for what, eight days now. I've got four clients, a uh, couple oh. more pods after years lined up. Um, Pretty That's much cool. through word of mouth so far, uh, you know it's going pretty good. I'm, you know, excited to see what uh, what it turns into. So, what was the pivotal point that made you like wanna go to marketing? Because you were selling, you were a car salesman before. So I was in the car business, uh, but I was actually doing this for car businesses. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. That so makes that's where I found out that I was really good at it and I could do it at like the high level, you know, like corporate level and it worked and, um, you know, I could do it with big and small budgets and I can build a big following. Um, but you know, the, the, the pivotal moment, I don't want to, uh, get into specifics with that employer specifically too much. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. but I just felt like the timing was perfect. Um, you know, with the pandemic, it kind of showed small businesses how hard it is to get in front of your customers. Yeah. Um, and I really just want to help out. And I'm, you know, it's something I'm really good at. I know how to, you know, build the following. Um, and I, I can do it at the corporate level, but it, it, uh, it an affordable small budget budget. So, um, so when you are talking to these different businesses are, is the marketing just social media? Nope. Like so, social media management or like, what does it entail? That is one of the things we do. That's one of our specialties. It's, it's a full fledged, you know, digital agency. So web design, SEO, I have a couple SEO clients already, uh, SEM. What does uh, uh, SEO stand for, for, so the people at home who don't know. Yep. So SEO is search engine optimization and it's really self-explanatory when people search for your business or whatever they're looking for, um, you pop up. Um, so, and you know, certain things you have to do to make yourself rank a little higher, certain keywords, certain meta descriptions and title tags. I don't want to get too specific, but, um, wow. you know, some certain things like that. So already 12 different words I've never heard of before. Already so many We're learning stuff today. Yeah, no, that's, uh, when you would start with a new company, like, uh, say they need marketing help. How do you come up with a strategy? What's, what's step one? Yeah. So today's a perfect example. Um, you know, one of the meetings I had, the first thing I told the business owner was I have two ears and a mouth and I just want to listen today. I'm going to ask you a million questions. I don't want to do any of the talking. I want you to tell me about your business, where I can help and what I can do to help you. Um, you know, I think oh, starting every relationship that way and a, what can I do for you instead of what can you do for me will really go a long way. And I'm sure, you know, in the real estate business, you know, um, it, it's, yeah. it's very similar. Yeah. Um, so I, it's very custom. Even my pricing, you'll notice on my website, there's no pricing because it's so custom. I, my business model will never be a cookie cutter. Here's what you want. Here's what it costs. Um, mm -hmm. No two businesses need the same thing and no two businesses need the same approach. Um, so it's very custom tailored. And I, I really just want to know what I can do to help them and exactly what they need. And a lot of times asking the right questions, I find out that what they think they need isn't what they need. Um, yeah. So just like it really, it's a sales position in a lot of ways where I'm just asking a ton of questions. Right. And when it's, it's gotta be so much different because the two, you, the, there's two people you signed on today. Correct. And one's a Catholic charities. The other was like a, a bakery. Yep. So Catholic charities of Oswego County, we're going to be their, uh, um, you know, their digital media partner and then a local, Hey, crazy Mike, what's up? And then a local, uh, <laughs> a local bakery from, uh, in Mexico. Um, I'm from Fulton. Those are right next to each other. So it's from out in the homeland. Uh, okay. And I, going back to exactly what you said before, it is very different. Like between those two, yeah. that is completely different. Almost could not be more different. Yeah. And that's like where how... asking the questions and what I can do for you is so important. I have a list of 25, 30 questions that I just kind of rattle off or come out in just normal conversation. Um, and just, you know, I think that kind of helps you figure out like step one, two, sure. three. And in right. business and especially marketing, I think a lot of people kind of storm the, you know, storm the door down and like, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're changing. Here's what you're going to do. That's not my approach. That's never been my approach and it never will be. Um, 
you know, again, I, I want to see what I can do to help your business. Right. Right. And that's got to be important, especially like if you have, I'd imagine probably a Catholic charities group. And maybe this is a little prejudice to me, probably doesn't have a really great social media. They do not. Right. Almost so nothing. So it's, that's almost so you, more of like building from the ground up. Right. Um, right. And where, you're putting a plan in place to help them eventually take over that account. Or is this something that you're like, I will help you with the content. I'll help you put out X, Y, Z. Again, whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> if you want me right. and I just send you an invoice at the beginning of every month. If you want to keep rocking, we'll keep rocking. If not awesome. I'm trying to build a long lasting relationship, you know? So, so you don't have anybody sign up for contracts or anything. This I don't do like contracts. Month month thing? Nope. It'll be a monthly invoice. I don't want to lock anyone in. Um, yeah, no contracts never will be. Interesting. So the fine, was there like a final piece that made you want to take this jump and start this business? Was it just like one bad day at work? You're like, oh shit, I could do a lot better myself. Yeah, kind of. All my life, I've always been like, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to have businesses. Like nobody tells me what to do. Like, <laughs> and it just kind of was like an accum accumulation of things. And then there was just like one day and I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And it's having the kids and kind of like being told where to be, when to be, be there, how to be there. Like, oh, I hate that stuff. And then I yeah, actually, there is kind of like one moment I was speaking, I was having a conversation with, I don't really want to say he's like my business advisor or a mentor, but it was just a guy who's been around the block. I was having a discussion with him. We were kind of chatting on what my next moves could look like or what I could do. And he's like, have you ever thought about like doing your own thing? And I was like, kind of not really. It's something that I'd like fiddled with before. And I sent him to the Instagram that I had, I had like, there's tw so I have almost 12,000 followers on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I kind of just, it was something I did at the beginning of the pandemic. I, I had an idea of what works on social media to build a platform. And it was kind of like my case study. I wanted to see if it would work the certain strategy and it built up to, it was like, like 20,000 followers and I hadn't posted in a while. So it went down to like 12 mm -hmm. and he went and looked at it. He's like, dude, this is good. Holy cow. Like you need to do your own thing. It's not hard. Go get your DBA, go get your LLC and do it. And I'm like, Okay. So one yeah, day I man, picked up Gio from school. He's like, what are we doing today? I was like, I'm going to go start a business today. <laughs> and I went right over to the Onondaga, uh, Onondaga County courthouse and filled out my DBA. And 12 days Damn. later, we're rocking. Damn. Wow. That's cool. That's it's such an interesting piece. Cause I think a lot of times people throw that term around marketing and it's such a broad term that I think it covers a lot of different things to you. Is it mostly focusing with the social media, SEO. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like there's one more thing too. So I actually, for me, I don't think it's broad. I think it's very simple. And I think what marketing means is who are you? What do you do? And what can you do for your customers? Your brand. Everything else is secondary. And, that, and where it gets hard is putting that in practice and putting out the content to allow the customers or the clients or the potential customers to know who you are and what you do and get you, get your story out there. But I think as far as what marketing is, I think it's very simple and I think it's just your brand. And I think it can be boiled right down to that because everything else stems right from what your brand is and who you are and what you do and what you do for mm -hmm. people. Um, right. So that's kind of what I think marketing means. <laughs> okay. No, that's, I think that's good. And especially in the day and age right now, there is so much content being pumped out. What do you, what do you think is one of the pitfalls people start getting into when they want to put out more content? 
the first the first thing I see is just struggling to tell your story, especially if you're a business. I think a lot of businesses how many times do you see a business all the only time they post is when they're ten percent off or here's the car we have or right. they're they're not selling the story or so I have a lot of crazy ideas and a lot of like I think a lot of people have things ingrained that they think are true, but I like if you think about it for a second, you're like that like doesn't even make sense. You got an example off the top of your head? Yeah, yeah. So one thing I always say is like, and this again sounds crazy. I don't want people to come to me when I have what they want. I want people to come to me to find what they want. Hmm. Think about that for a sec. So like specifically for a car, for like the dealerships, I don't just post cars or like what we have for vehicles because everybody has those vehicles. And I don't want you to come to me because I had the Nissan Altima that you wanted. I want to build a brand and a story that you're like, I freaking love this dealership and I love this store. I'm going to go to them and we're going to find a Nissan Altima. That's mm-hmm. the best business you can have and the best transaction. You're going to make the most money. You're going to get the most referrals and you're going to build the biggest business. I think just off of building content and building each new piece rather than just selling, selling yeah. this is yeah. 10% off. This is 20% off. I think the best social strategy and the best marketing strategy is almost never selling. Mm-hmm. Like never posting something that you sold or uh, or deal that you have. Yeah. 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 Well, for you, it's a little different because people need to know what homes are available. But if, if you're a pizza shop, I don't think you need to post that you have pizza. We know that. Before. And I think a lot of people or a lot of businesses, they focus more on the product. And if they just turned the camera around and talked about themselves and what the story is and why we've been in business for 60 years, my grandpa did it. He came here from he was a war refugee from Germany and yeah, this right. is how we got the baker, whatever. Yeah. Whatever That's the story way is. more going to hit home than, Hey, we have 10% off on donuts for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what marketing is. Yeah. And you had said earlier too, that like, that is not, nobody know, like nobody cares that you have pizza. Right. Also the flip side, you're talking about my business. It's different because people got to know what's for sale. That's true. But at the same time, not your only piece of content as a real estate agent. I'm no expert, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, if the only thing you ever post is what you sold or what's listed, it just is, it's wasted posting. You never want to be as good as your product. If that makes sense. Right. I get so what you're saying. In that aspect, obviously you want a good product. You want to represent a good product, but in the aspect, um, a better example is. So for you, we'll talk, because we're talking to you. So, yeah, let's talk real, so estate. real estate, if you don't have houses that customers are looking for, you don't want to be as good as the market. You want customers to come to you and be like, we'll wait out this market, Corey. And the, the first house that pops up that we like, we're buying it with you because you're freaking awesome. And you've marketed yourself and your brand so well, we're buying you, not the market, if that makes right. sense. Right. No, and that's, that's exactly why <clears throat> when I got into real estate, I made it a push to get more involved in different social media aspects. I'm on more social media than I ever have in my life. Like LinkedIn. I never used LinkedIn, LinkedIn. before I was in real estate. Everybody, but, dude. It's yeah. so slept on. Right. And that's and it's also, I think if you give people a look into your life or what kind of things like, what does Tyler like to do when he's not marketing? I think people enjoy that more rather than a post every single week 
you sold this house, you yep. sold that house. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I think people are like, cool, Corey's selling houses. That's awesome. But it's like, and then you want to, you maybe have questions or maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like that's, uh, it's tough for a lot of agents because a lot of agents have a hard time posting a lot of content. You know, nobody I mean? knows or, what to talk about. Right. And they also have like, oh, this piece of content isn't like perfect. Like I want to make this absolutely perfect. But a lot of times you're not going to get never perfect set of content. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's one of or my, you'll never put anything out. That's one of my like strategies. I guess you guess you will. And I just made a, I just released a, a quick little 15 second TikTok on this the other day. And I don't know if you caught it. And that kind of is why you brought it up. It's right but, in my subconscious. It must be <laughs> my, the tagline was stop being so fancy. Stop making your video cute and making one video a week and just put out three videos a day of shitty lighting, but a wicked good message and amazing value. And just put out three videos every day of just incredible value, just mm-hmm. marketing yourself and just pump them out. And if you are a person, and I am too, I'm kind of a perfectionist where I want, I need everything to be perfect. Work on those videos and make the 15 second, three video a day videos and just pump those out while you're perfecting that one video, you know, is money. Mm-hmm. And that's a yeah. strategy that I've worked. That's worked for me that I think a lot of other people can utilize too. Yeah. And I, there is definitely a fear of always having the perfect content, but that's not really the case. And also too, by the way, if you're, it probably is this, I don't think this rule applies if you're a pizza place. Well, maybe it does, but you, with, as a real estate agent, not everybody, like I have other shit going on in my life other than selling houses. Like I do this podcast, I do martial arts. So my social media is a direct dude. reflection of that. Yeah, dude, we do. Yeah, I do Muay Thai. Did, did you know that? So sick. I always wanted to try that. <laughs> For those who don't know, he trains at Tai Kai. Um, but um, yeah, and I think people like a glimpse into your life. They want to know who Absolutely. they're going to be. When I work with somebody, when I work with a new client, when you put an offer accepted to closing, that's 60 days. I'm working with you at minimum 60 days. That's a long not time. including all the time of us searching for a house. Some people it's one and done. It's not, doesn't happen very often these days. Other times I'm working with people for like six, eight months. So you, you're pretty much in a relationship with that person yeah. at that point, you know? So why not just show, Hey, look, here's a kick series that I like to do. And I don't care if, a client that I'm working with sees me in short shorts. What, like, I don't give a shit about they are that. good legs. Yeah. Thanks man. They're pretty hairy. I got some hobbit feet, but what are you going to do, man? Yeah. I think so. When I was in sales, I almost would never talk about the product. I would talk about me the entire time and I would almost just like fill in stuff about the car. Do you know what I mean? Cause right. I know as a buyer, 99% of the battle is I'm a dirty rotten salesman. And I need you to like me to buy from me and people will buy from who they like Mm -hmm. and they'll spend more money to buy from people they like. Mm -hmm. And now here's another crazy one. I think product knowledge is super overrated. You think so? I think so. Oh man. Doesn't matter. You got to have some product knowledge. Enough to speak knowledgeably, but Mm -hmm. I think it's way more important that you're personable and likable and people like you than it is that you know every nook and cranny about a house. Right. By far, in my opinion. And if you don't, being on, honest and genuine to be like, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. 
I'll get you an answer pretty quick though. Yep. Always honest and genuine. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Right. But like, if you think about it in the inverse, if you know everything about the house, but you're like a terrible person, you're not going to sell any houses. But if you don't know anything (laughs) about the house and you like divert to, I don't know anything, but do you love me? (laughs) You're going to, I I feel like answer for you. (laughs) That's way more successful in my opinion. Right. And do you think there's a lot of, a lot. Do you think that's like the most common pitfall is that people don't want to put out content that's reflective of them being genuine? Do you think it's just like, here's an ad blast? Here's. I think a lot of people don't know how to do it, number one. Mm-hmm. And I, number two, I think so. A few things. I think people are scared of judgment. They're scared of what people are going to say about them or to them for putting out stupid content or too much content. People in general are just too worried about what other people think about them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one, I think people are just too worried about what's in it for them. And they're more worried about stealing a dollar today than a hundred in six months. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I think yeah, people I are that. just so focused on how can I make a dollar today that they jump over the tens and hundreds, the long term. Well, also too, if you opened up a, a bakery, your intention was to bake bread and cupcakes. Mm-hmm. not learn Instagram and Facebook and all these other programs you might not use. Like that's, there's so many different hats you got to wear, especially when it comes to marketing. And that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why I did it. You got a million other things going on. Let me take that off your plate because it's right. time consuming. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Nobody knows how to do it. So, and I can, I, I can do it at the corporate level, but again, you're paying me a small business retainer. So you're getting the, top-notch level for low cost. And how many people is it? Just you that's doing this? Yeah, just me for you, now. You, you haven't hired anybody yet? No, I don't know if I intend on hiring anyone. Mm. We'll see. We'll kind Too of see where it takes me. I uh, I like, I think my, like my number one selling point right now is every meeting you're getting the owner of the company and mm. I call the shots. I don't right. have to call anybody. It's, yep. it's my show. Owner to owner, let's talk business. Right. Um, and I think... You know, the further I get away from that, the more my company kind of loses what it's about. Mm-hmm. But all things go well, and we'll have to go into that that next phase of business. So, all of a sudden, now you're in Axa Towers in in the city. All of a sudden, you got your own like penthouse. All of a sudden, like what the <laughs> hell, dude? Jesus, man, this took off way too quick. Do you uh, do you have a calendar for people when you try to like plan out different? social media posts, like how do you at the corporate level or business level, how do you manage all that for them? Yeah. So the first of the month I'll send every owner a, uh, what I call a content calendar. So based on their tier of what they signed up for, what they're paying for, um, some clients I handle, I mean, quite literally everything. And then there's others where I just create the content and they post it three, four times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. So whatever it may be, it's a rough draft of what we're going to post for the month. So what is it? Mid November. So December 1st, I'll send my clients their content calendar for December, a rough draft of what I would like to post of the outline. And we can kind of plan our month based on, you know, that calendar. And then things will come up, specials will come up and we'll, we'll toss those in there, but you at least kind of want to get a, you know, a, a, a macro view of what the month's going to look like. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of based on, I, so I have three pillars that I post on, educational, informational, and inspirational. 
Um, so those are kind of the three things that we build each brand on. Um, Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Yep. Educational, inspirational, and informational. Mm. So every business, there's always going to be those three things, some more than others. Um, and that's where we'll base all three. That's where we'll base all the content on that. That's on that content calendar. Um, and then the, you know, the specials, the things that come up in the month, the announcements, uh, that came out of nowhere will be added. Yeah. And, uh, how, how, like, it's so crazy to me that you've grown two boys media to already have so many followers online. Like how, what was the plan for that in motion? Is it the same thing? Educational, inspirational, and informative, informational. So educational, informational, and inspirational. There it is. That's a three. (laughs) Um, that's pretty crazy. I mean, over quarantine with a mat. I mean, dude, the you're it doesn't have very many like posts. Like you got maybe ten. So I deleted right? a lot of them. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yep. So if gotcha. you see if so if you see the dates on the original ones, they're from what are they from? March and April twenty twenty. Um, yeah. So I ended, yep. I did end up deleting a lot of them because I was going to start fresh when I started the company a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and then i got like halfway through and i was like it's too many we'll just leave some yeah because yeah. i as a new company i kind of, i was like halfway through it i hadn't thought it through and i was like i'm gonna need like proof of what a instagram feed's gonna look like crap right <laughs> so, right. and at the time i had like 10 or 15 posts left um but i again i was making two three posts every day um you know one of the things that i incline, uh, encourage all my clients to do is find influential, you know, organizations or people in your niche and live in their comments and make relationships with people in their comments and build a following through that, through their comments. Interesting. Um, and that's one of the things that I did. Um, and then, you know, the posting at the right times, using the right uh, hashtags, that stuff I did as well. Um, but really it's kind of just a lot of thoughtful comments and just putting providing as much value as possible. Um, you know, you look at those original posts that I made, they were, those that's like high level agency stuff that I will conti- I did and I will continue to give for free. Um, right. I just want to put out as much value and help as many people as possible. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of the <clears throat> earlier posts you have are like all the uh, like informational slides and stuff. Actually, I think I can uh, hold on. Let's do it. Let's do a window. Oh, here we go. I can do a tab. Yes. Hey. Exactly. See? Six reasons why you should be using ads on social media platforms. This would be informational, right? So all that I left down there was informational, to be honest with you. (laughs) Well, a lot of of educational as well. Right. Yeah, no, this is definitely... It's pretty cool. I think it's like, it's such a, it's such a big thing to take a bite out of you know mm-hmm. it's not like social media is easy and if for a lot of people in my business usually not like the most technologically sure. savvy you know what i mean i don't mean that in the in the wrong way but a lot of people are like oh social media or i remember when tiktok started coming up the agents were like oh now i gotta know how to use tiktok now geez which is one that i am not on right now get on there dude i probably should be i probably should be and another thing i always um and you'll see it on every post i make that i always encourage my clients to do is make a hook or um 
you know, a call to action at the end of every post. So at the end of every post, I put my tagline, which is um, cooperative strategy on budget. And then I put my website. So it gives you somewhere to go to, to link back to my website to bring you right to my services and what I do and what I'm about. You should always have a call to action on every post you make every time. And a call to action is what exactly for those that don't know? Yeah. So uh, literally telling the uh, whoever's looking at your post or, or whatever it may be to go here <laughs> or somewhere to click. You never want to leave them with a thought, if that makes right. sense. So for example, say I'm posting, I'll use a pizza place because we've been using that a lot. Say I'm posting a pizza with a ton of cheese and it looks delicious. I never want to leave them with, oh, that pizza looks really good. I wonder where they're located and how much that pizza costs. So right. always leave it back. Even it, You can even leave a link to the direct special. Always leave a call to action somewhere. or on, So when you post this, put the YouTube link in the in the description so they can link back to the YouTube video and watch it. You'll be surprised how many more views you get or at least backlink clicks right. just by putting it there and just making it accessible. How do you, I mean, how do you like learn all of this stuff? Like how do you, in real estate, we have a thing where we have to do like continuing education, right? Where we're constantly having to do classes and sit through stuff. So how do you like learn all of this stuff? putting in the work, man, you'd be surprised what you can learn. So as easy as accessible and awesome as social media is, and you know, pretty much everything is today. You can learn all of that stuff just by Googling, YouTubing. There's 300, 400 books on that shelf. I've read every one once or twice over at least just put in the work and it's all available. You can, you can even go to school online. I've done it. (laughs) Like you can get a master's degree online on your computer. All you need is a laptop and some hustle. And that's literally how I learned all of it. Man, that's so interesting. It's, it's just, it's such an interesting business marketing. And because I've had a guy on here before that helped helped a lot of restaurants get QR. Oh, you listen to it? I'm always, I'm way over prepared. Oh, damn, dude. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Episode 29. That's right, man. He has got a different kind of strategy uh with things and it seems like he has a niche like kind of like restaurants are his niche but it seems like you're just saying whatever i'll take whatever yeah catholic charity bakery uh man just give me it and it goes back to honesty and transparency like we were talking about earlier so i have what i call the core four that i do really good world class that i think i do world class so like social media SEO, content creation, and that type of stuff. And then there's other stuff that, and I'll tell the client, I'm that's not my forte, but I can still do it at a professional level where you're getting a professional service. And it, and it kind of related, so I was having a conversation with my buddy Dakota, and I posted that video um, last week. I kind of relate it to jujitsu, right? So you, you go in there, you're a, well, you're a white belt, you're getting absolutely smashed, right, mm-hmm. by everybody. But a dude walks in off the street and you take his neck in 15 seconds. That's kind of how how I kind of like correlate it to myself. Yeah. It's sure I'm not like world-class web design, but I'm still way better at it than you are. And you're getting a professional service. And I'm just open and upfront about that in, from the get-go. 
and I'm not charging a world-class service for price for that service because right. I know it's not world-class. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah, pretty right. much everything in business and, and in life just comes down to being honest and upfront from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that's, I think that's the, uh, probably the best thing that you could do business decision is yeah. it's, it seems like a no brainer, right? But there's just some people that I think like when you start in a new position, it's, I know I suffered from imposter syndrome. So I think some people want to react by acting like a know-it-all and being kind of arrogant and getting in their own way. But I mean, that's just, that's just how some people cope with, wow, I'm in a new job field. Now what do I do? I have no idea how I should act, what I should do, how this really is. I've seen marketing TV shows. Is this how I should be? You know, like, I mean, I just feel like it takes a little while to get into it. Wicked imposter syndrome where I feel like, so there's like two sides of me where in the one that I like verberate off is like very confident. Like I'm that dude, like I can do it all. Like I'm smart. Like, and then there's the other side of me where I'm like, mm, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not that like, I trust me. I, I deal with a lot of stuff inside that has been, has come up in these last two weeks that I forgot existed or I had inside of me of just like self doubts and just like everyone. Um, I mean, that's not uncommon. Um, How do you manage it? Yeah. I think, so I think just the way I've gotten through life is just relying on my people. Um, I think, you know, nobody makes, nobody makes it on their own. Every man that makes it's got a whole squad behind him. You know, you saw my Facebook post the other day. Like I love, like I couldn't do it without my people. I wouldn't have started this without my people. Um, and it's funny that you use the term specifically imposter syndrome um, because I literally just had this conversation with my wife after my first conversation with um, with a client. So we, we, we were having a, con- a conversation on the phone and I was like really nervous before. I was like, man, am I really about to have a, a client conversation in my business where I call the shots? Mm-hmm. And then the conversation totally just vibed. I knew what I was talking about, just rattled off the tongue and I went upstairs with my wife and I was like, whoa, dude, like, I'm really about this. (laughs) Like, and I literally said to her, I was like, the imposter syndrome's gone. Like I've done it. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm a business owner now. Like the only, like only a few months in too. eight days. Yeah. Eight days, eight days, not even months. That was, that was like last Wednesday. So that was like my third day in business. Yeah. So imagine how, like how real the imposter syndrome felt where I was an employee my entire life until like last Wednesday or last Monday. Right. And by Wednesday, I'm having a conversation where I'm uh, like a business. It's still like weird to even think about. Yeah. I was like, are you sure you trust me to do this, man? And yeah. like you should, but right. just those self doubts inside that everyone has, it was just kind of like, oh man, like you don't know what you're talking about. You're going to screw up. He knows more than you. He knows that yeah. you're not this. Yep. And that's where, it, you know, you really need to rely on your people. And like I said, in that Facebook post, like, my people reminded me, like, I really am that dude. I'm the hardest working person, like, that they know gets me through that. Um, yeah, that's that was a big thing that I uh, that I suffered through when I first because I went and I was a retail manager my entire life. I was a assistant manager for a company called Runnings, really great company. And great people running, there. Dude, great, great place to work for sure. Um, but I have been in it since I was 17 and I switched careers. Dude, you got over imposter syndrome pretty quick. I I've still had that for like two years until there. It was very much like you, where I was just like, 
I would go into a listening appointment by myself without yep. my mentor. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm doing this. Holy fuck, I'm doing it. And then they would ask me a bunch of questions. I'd be like, uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> Mr. Smith, I don't know. So I'll just go ask somebody the question and then I'll get right back to you. Okay. Yeah. And then two years after that, I'm in a listening presentation and I'm able to answer every question, give suggestions and rattle stuff off the top of my head. And it was very similar to like you because I went home and told my wife, I was like, holy fuck, I can do this. I can do that like this. I know now I'm past this part. I feel so much better. I feel like I really am starting to get my feet underneath me. Yeah, I think um, and it really comes down to just like having the self-confidence and knowing you can answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And like it's kind of fun, like self-esteem, like self-confidence comes from self-esteem. Like you don't have the self-esteem to know that you can do it when you first start a lot of times where you're like, or you're like questioning your self-esteem and then like it starts to kick in and they're like one in the other. And you're like, uh Oh, it's over for y'all. I, yeah, I know right. how to answer the questions now. I'm confident. Right. Right. You go driving home from the listening appointment. You're blasting like whatever music gets you amped. You're, you're blasting like Wu-Tang Clan. Cause you're like, yes, I did it. This is amazing. I did it finally this is amazing you know it's like that feeling of of just like relief and gratitude where you're just like finally i like i could do it i can do i know i can do it that that was proof that i could do it and for me it was a listening (laughs) a presentation whatever gets the job done and i like the word that you just used and i am very big on this it's just is gratitude and appreciation and appreciating every moment of Mm. the journey and every journey um you know especially where i came from like I just look around every day and I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like no thing happens in my life where I'm not super appreciative of every single thing. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can even ask anyone that was at my wedding the last. So I cried the entire day and I'm like, not an emotional person. I do not cry. Oh, I'm such a baby. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm going to tear up right now when you tell me the story. <laughs> um, but it was just like one of those days where like, I couldn't believe that that many people were there because they loved me. And mm-hmm. like, and I looked around and I was like, I had the money in my bank account to pay for it. There was like a long time in my life where didn't know where I was going to eat. And not mm-hmm. only did I eat, but I paid for everyone else. And it was like wicked expensive. Yeah. And I could pay it. And it was just like, like I didn't have to blink to pay it. Mm-hmm. And I had a ton of money left in the bank account. And it's not to yeah. brag. It's like, where I came from to where, like, I appreciated every freaking second of everything that happened that day. It was awesome. And that's kind of how I try and live my life every day without the crying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I I will be extremely transparent. And the day that I finally quit runnings was a very big sense of relief because in retail, you do not get paid your worth. It's a grind, man. Dude, you do not get in since I was 17. I was just in retail grinding it out saying I'll get my store manager position one day. No big, I'll get this manager position and then I'll be financially secure. And then you get the rug pulled out from you once, twice, three times. And then you're, I was finally just like, why am I still in this job? That is just very thankless. Yeah. Like I have, it's very thankless. And to the point now we're very much like you that finance that sense of financial security just kind of finally is nice to ha- to be able to not have to worry worry yeah, about that. When I worked retail, dude, it was paycheck to paycheck. If the furnace broke, like I fucking would have had to ask my dad for money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in just being 
overly gratitude for thankful for everything I have is honestly something that I learned from Chris Smith. He is one person in my life who is constantly thankful. Constantly shout out popular. to the new Papa. Dude, shout out to that new dad. I'm just fucking tearing up right now just talking about him. But he Are just we crying like, on the podcast right now? Are we crying dude, on the I'm podcast? not doing that right now. I'm not doing that right now. He uh Chris, this is this is why he was in my wedding. He's one of the biggest influences of my life, right next to my wife and in Mike Spooches. Like those are the two three most influential people mm-hmm. in my life. And it's because Chris completely showed me the power of gratitude and changes just, your whole life, dude. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So let I me fl- let me life. ask you a question and flip it on you. Yeah. <laughs> so you, was there a day for you in retail where you were kind of like, I cannot do this anymore? It will like yeah. what made you make the change? Yeah, a hundred percent. I so uh, I'll give I'll give you the the story. When I was working at Runnings, I was uh, uh, I was a department manager when the store in Clay just opened up. They opened up a store manager position in New Hampshire, and I was like, eh. I'll just put my name in that. What's what's the worst that's going to happen? I, I have to move to New Hampshire. It's not a big deal. So I interviewed for it, and they gave it to another fantastic manager, Kelly. She was amazing. But she had more experience. She worked as an assistant manager for Home Depot for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. But they loved me so much, they offered me a what was called a store manager in training position, where essentially I would just go around from store to store, learn store manager procedures, and then if a new store opened up, I would take that position. Gotcha. Right? That year, that was like September or October. And then in January, grandpa got diagnosed with stomach cancer. So I told my store manager that I had to kind of hang back for a bit because I want to make sure I took care of my grandfather and my family first. Right. Um, then he passed away. They were super supportive. They even moved me back to the clay store even moved me back closer to home because I was commuting to the Rome store. Um, and uh, a couple of job positions opened up. I put my name in the hat and uh, there was even one that they told me that they were going to put me in place of that position. They ended up giving it to someone else. But that moment for me, that was the moment that I was like, I need to get out of this job. Like someone told me, when this guy leaves, you're next in line. You're going to run the store next. People like you. You know what you're doing. You've you've opened up three stores. You've you know how to do H HR stuff. You've done payroll for four different stores. We're gonna give you the store. And then the other person got it. And I'm like, I remember driving home just like screaming, like, yeah. God damn it, I'm so but that honestly, TJ, was the best thing that has that moment was the best moment that's ever happened to me. Because if I didn't have that moment, I would probably still be in retail very miserable. Yeah. And who knows? Like I, I, who knows where I'd be? But I just, I think like that in the moment, I was so hurt and I was so upset, especially after being told so many times that I was going to take that position, and then it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. It, would, it, it forced me to to move my hand and make me make a career movement. Like when I went home that night, I was like, I need to get a retail. I need to do something. I need to do something that's way better on my mental state and something that is just dude mental state is so underrated yeah and like 100%. it especially when we decide what we're gonna do like for half of our life and work yeah yeah and i think i guess this is a better way to answer you know what the pivotal moment was for me it's when i just realized like 
I come home every day and I'm miserable and I don't treat my wife and my kids right because of what goes on from my nine to five. Mm. And I, back to your, you know, what you're saying, I, that's why I really think everything happens for a reason and maybe yeah. it does or maybe it doesn't, but like, that's what helps me get through every day. And like, Dude, that year old Corey used to cringe at that saying things happen for a reason. 18 year old Corey was like, yeah. no, stop with the baloney. And it probably bullshit. is baloney. Yeah, but it probably is. But dude, if I didn't have what's that the alternative? The alternative is you're like, the shit's all random. Then what's the yeah. point? Right, right. And if I didn't have that moment where he he told me I was gonna get the store manager position, and then six months later I didn't, like that, I would be my life would have been on a completely different trajectory. I mean, who knows if I wouldn't even have a kid? Like I yeah. I wouldn't have been financially think- secure enough to have a to bring another person into this. I think world. about that a lot. Like I know, what right? happened if. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do it a hundred percent. It would be totally different. And I think I like, I actually thank the gods that I didn't get that job. Cause I don't know who I would have been or what it would have entailed. Honestly, could I have done I, it? Yeah. A thousand percent. I could have done it, but the job I'm in now selling real estate, making like legitimate connections with people. Sure that that is my business like that this is what, like what i'm meant to be this is what it feels like and i want to like kind of go back to what you said about like the thanklessness mm-hmm. that also does not exist anymore for you and i i would assume and it doesn't for me yeah in 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 terms of in the eight days that i've been in business i've found it so much easier to wake up at seven hustle all day long and i'm still working at midnight and it speaking of cringing at lines you know if you do something you love you don't work for a day in your life i thought that was such bullshit yeah and now i'm like grinding for myself everything that i put in i get out of it and i really don't feel like i'm working out i yeah. have to force myself to shut my laptop off at midnight because maddie will be pissed if i don't go snuggle her for a couple hours be- well before she wakes up for work yeah right. like i really could just grind all day because i know literally whatever i put in i'm getting out mm-hmm. like i call yeah. the shots and i know you've got to feel that same way with real estate because I mean, you kind of are, you are your business owner. You run the show. Yeah. It, there's a couple of parallels between my business and yours. We're both, both, um, uh, private contractors, right? Like I, you have your own business. I, I have my own business. I don't have a boss that tells me I have to, right. or you have to sell X amount of houses. Like, no, that shit doesn't exist. At least with, with Howard Hanna, there are some brokerages that are like sure. that, but, um, there are definitely some, some parallels and, the fact that maybe I'm on call 24 seven, right? Like if someone texts sure. me about a house, like I, I got to answer, but that is way better than the alternative for me. And it, you're right. Like this is a thankful, like in real estate, you are dealing with people's the biggest moment of the their biggest. life. If it's good or bad divorce, somebody passes away, they're marrying, they need a house together. First time homeowner. They're adding a, a little human to their family. Like that is so much more sure meaningful to me than, Hey, here's a lawnmower. Have a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally like, agree. It was in stark comparison. Not that there's anything selling, nothing wrong with selling lawnmowers. Just for me, this job. And I've said this line many times on this podcast is it gives me a, an opportunity to fill my cup as well as yours. Rather than just totally agree, fill someone else's cup and say, see you later. Couldn't agree. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what to say because I 
completely agree. I think you have to have a reason why you wake up in the morning and feel good when you go to bed at night and knowing that you're giving people a world-class awesome experience and the biggest purchase of their life. When they're nervous, they're calling Corey. They're like, I'm about to spend $300,000. Holy crap. Can we just talk for a minute? Yeah. And you can give them that. You're that comforting voice and the voice of reason Mm -hmm. in between. That's kind of like why I started the business. Like I said, the pandemic really kind of exposed like how freaking hard it is. And it's really freaking expensive to hire an agency. So I'm good at it. So let me help small businesses grow every day in nonprofits and build their community outreach and do it at an astronomically cheap price. Right. Like, the last thing I'm worried about is money. My bills will get paid. I'll figure it out. I'll add more clients, whatever. That's a conversation for another night. But I really just want to freaking help people and help businesses and help nonprofits. That's why I do it. Do you know what I, and, and I'm, yeah. I know you approach real estate the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I, you, you kind of have to have, that approach especially i don't know dude like it was just uh it's just so funny like you bringing up like all this stuff with with running is just like man it is funny how just stuff works out for the right reasons always works out right yeah if if you take this step like if i just ate dog shit the rest of the two years and just shoveled out and kept taking retail for the rest of my life then i'd be stuck right but sometimes you need that jump to get you yeah into a position where you feel like you're an imposter. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes a couple seconds of courage, dude. Mm-hmm. Just a well, couple I, seconds. It's like uh jujitsu, right? When you first go to jujitsu or even Thai, right? You, you feel like a fool. It's right? overly like any, terrifying over. so scared. When people come to my class on Fridays and I'm like, all right, cool. Hey, we're uh, going to start the time. We're going to shadow box. You guys can watch, you can move around, you can do jumping jacks, yep. just do whatever you're comfortable because I know that when you're in that position first day, you're like, uh, he's throwing elbows. Yeah. And <laughs> and not only are they throwing elbows and you have to get in a fist fight for fun, you're doing yeah. it with a bunch of people you don't know barefoot. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, there's yeah. something about not having shoes on that's like super exposing. Yeah. And I don't know oh, anyone yeah. here and we have yep. to fight, dude. Nothing I do outside of my house do I ever have my shoes off. So weird. Yeah. And I think like if I see someone that's never been there, I always try and like say hi or like welcome. I always try and put myself in other yeah. people's shoes in every part of life and just be like, I know how uncomfortable it was to walk in there and not know anyone and see. Yeah. I mean, there's some dogs in there that we trade with every day. Yeah, some scary it's dudes in, in there. Some intimidating. Chris kicks like a freaking horse, dude. Yeah. He's an animal. Yeah. You're not He's that physically intimidating. Yeah, not at um, all, dude. I'm but just no, like, but I got the body of a 14 year old. <laughs> <laughs> but you walk in there, you see all these dogs, you're barefoot, you don't know anyone. I know how awesome it would have been if one of the dudes with the armbands on came up to me and said, Welcome to class, let's freaking party. Yeah, I would, I would have totally let my guard down and had so much fun. And yeah. you or Chris, Chris did it. Chris came up yeah, to me, yeah. he's like, Hey, you ever been here before, man? I'm like, No. And he's like, cool, awesome. Like tag along. We'll ask any question. And I was like, no shit, dude. Yeah. Let's, let's freaking party. And now. What made you want to get into uh, martial arts? I don't so think I've, we had this conversation. No. So I've always been a huge, huge like fight fan. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, my dad, who's a complete loser. Um, <laughs> so he was a gold glove boxer from the Bronx. Um, so and he, got, yeah. loser? well, 
It's not like he'll beat your ass. He used that boxing on a lot of people that he should know. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's um, a scumbag. Yeah. So, so that was my first fight when I was 12 years old. <laughs> my Damn. Dad. Yeah. Damn. That's a conversation for another day. So when I was younger, he, uh, he got me into boxing. So I have a little bit of a boxing base from when I was younger. Um, and I've always just like loved martial arts. I love the art of it. And then a few, uh, four years ago, probably I went to Taikai a few times and then life kind of just got in the way and I threw it aside for like four years. And then I was like, mm. it was just like, again, another one of those things where I was just like, I'm just going to go back and dive head in. Yeah. And I went to jujitsu a couple times and I've always been enamored by striking. And so I literally just walked over to the Muay Thai room one time just to like, it's kind of like flirting, just like looking. And that's when Chris came up to me. I had no intentions of even going to class. Mm-hmm. I was just looking. He's like, Hey, you ever been here before? I was like, I've never been in this class. No. And he's like, come freaking party. <laughs> and right. now, you know, I'm eons ahead of where I was then, but there's just something about, I love Muay Thai, dude. And you've mm-hmm. seen me in there. I'm just like throwing shit from everywhere. It's, I yeah. truly think it's like, it's like such a like freeing art. Like when I step on there and like my bare feet hit the mat and I'm just like free, dude. It's like mm-hmm. truly such an art. And you like, I sound stupid right now, but you know what I'm talking about? Cause you've seen me in there before. Like when we're just like working our kick series and I'm doing spinny shit and I'm like kicking people from everywhere and just like throwing six different legs. I'm just in there living, dude. Just like mm-hmm. throwing shit. And it's just like so much fun and so freeing. I would. It's, it's ironic because your first day there, you think everybody's judging you. Yeah. But in reality, nobody is really judging you because we're all point. trying to do really random shit. And guess what? Those people who are there have been in your position. They know that when you first join your first day, you're going to be a little weird. I mean, who is yeah. it? You got a bunch of grown ass men with their bare feet throwing kicks at each other. You I know? like that we've really like grasped onto the barefoot thing. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> it's a solid point. I did, you brought it up, and I literally have never thought about it until now. Is that a great point or what? Think about any other time you go outside the house where you have bare feet. You are not barefoot ever. Uh, the beach, maybe I'll give you the beach. Right, but even then, you're with your dogs. Nobody's at the beach by himself. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. See that, and that's the thing. Right. That's With the now, now I understand butt. why people like to wear socks when they first come on. I say I never understood that. Me, I'm <laughs> always like, you, get dude. those bad boys out. I'm glad I could uh, enlighten you on that one. Get, you get the grip on those. My, I got like thick hobbit feet. They're like large and really hairy. So like I get some nice grip and traction when I throw my cross. You know what I mean? You do, you, your, your cross be spitting too. You <laughs> kick hard, dude. You kick That's... hard for, what are you, what are you, 145? uh 135 145 just a cute little thing yeah Uh, my old fighting ship was 135 dude so it is the core body of a 14 year old (laughs) so why don't you enlighten the folks on why you started martial arts oh shit when i was eight nine my mom signed me up for lavalli's karate they're mighty morphin karate dog real quick i was a power ranger when i was a kid he had (laughs) i'll never forget the school that i trained at had a picture of uh the green ranger uh jason david frank on the wall of the studio because i wanted nothing more than to be a power ranger but i did it for three months 
And then my parents said, and we just couldn't afford it. It was too expensive. Sure. Right. So then I've just kind of just fell away from it. Started doing soccer when I was younger. And then, um, Spooches, Mike and Eric, they always used to invite me over to their house to watch the UFC fights. Um, and uh, I've always loved martial arts, even when I was watching UFC. And I'll never forget the fight that made me finally was the nail in the coffin for me doing Muay Thai was Anderson Silva. Silva what, or Griffin. I had what a feeling you, it was going to be Silva, but I was I had a different guess. Anderson Silva versus who? I The first one I remember, the first like UFC I ever watched was Silva Weidman won. Oh, when uh, Silva was taunting and Weidman caught him with that yeah. right hook and put him to sleep. Yeah. That exactly. was sick. But I was wondering yep. if we had a little synergy there, maybe. No, nah, dude. Silver Forest. Forrest Griffin fight, dude. That was the moment that I was like. Oh, hairy chest. What was that? And I remember Mike being like, dude, that's Muay, that's Anderson Silva's Muay Thai. And I had him. I go, yeah. He, that's Muay Thai? And then the like literally the next like week, I asked PetSmart to add hours into my schedule because I was going to. I think I was just out of yeah, I was just out of high school, and I had circle what year age yourself a little bit. Uh, two thousand nine. Okay, I signed up for Taikai in two thousand nine. After that fight, and then I had PetSmart to ramp my hours up higher so I could afford to train at Taikai. Dude, I love, what was that like UFC sixty two? Oh my god, I don't know. Now you're gonna make me Google it. I'm gonna see. I bet you it was two thousand nine. Let me see, Anderson. Dude, so it's the tag my, for the record, it's in my search history. <laughs> I love that. August so I'm just, 2009. I'm thinking here, right? So I'm that? thinking from like a a business person's point of view, a marketer's point of view. What the hell do you put in the description for this podcast? Because the first 30 minutes was very <laughs> in-depth marketing. The next 15 was like deep. We were ready to cry. And now we're on UFC 62, Anderson Silva versus Fort Griffin. Welcome to the shit show, TJ. What what uh, what pay per view was it? Uh, August eighth, two thousand nine. And if I ask Kenny, I bet you it was he was probably just coaching. around that time when I started two thousand nine. And when I watched that fight, I was so blown away at how fucking good Anderson Silva was. He did not get Unbelievable. touched, dude. The best quote ever, Forrest Griffin. When he got interviewed, he got knocked out. And when he realized what happened, Forrest immediately left the octagon, immediately left the octagon. And people were like, well, why didn't you stay for, for the interviews? He was like, I, I didn't even want to, I was embarrassed with that fight. Even I, like, I couldn't even show my face after that. Literally Anderson's just moving and he sidesteps backwards, throws an overhand and hits Forrest on the chin and Forrest just crumples. All while he was just clowning on Forrest the entire time. And that fight, I was like, I need to sign up for jujitsu. Like yeah, I need yeah. to do it was Muay Thai. It was I was doing Muay Thai for like two years before I even touched jujitsu. Funny enough. The pinpoint accuracy of Anderson Silva will be will live on for generations of fight fans. Anderson Silva he was, in his he, prime. He was like the first one, right? Like, yeah. And I don't even know what I mean by that, but like the first one where you're like, so think about what UFC originally was. And it was like style versus style. Right. And I don't yeah. want to say Anderson was like the first that would be disrespectful yeah. to the sport, but he was like the first right. one where you're like, Oh my God, this is a real life athlete 
there's levels. people's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Where, that like, was... Now you're seeing like the Kamaru's and the Francis's who are, who like could play in like the NFL and the NBA and shit. Mm-hmm. But now there's money in it and there's like real dogs. Yeah. When I don't know if that was necessarily the way it was back in the day, but Anderson was the first one where you're like, this is a true athlete who chose to beat people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was, was disgusting. Like, right. Because Forrest Griffin, dude, he was not a slouch, not a slouch at all up to that fight. Like he was like lightweight champion yeah. at the time. I think he was, maybe it was like two or three fights after he had lost the belt. I can't remember now, but did he lose to the, uh, the, uh, math teacher, Rich Franklin? He starched Rich Franklin. Are you talking Anderson Silva or Forrest? No, no, Griffin? no, Forrest. I don't know. Forrest Griffin versus Rich Franklin, actually. Um, also, one of my favorite stories of early UFC. Imagine, <laughs> imagine you're in your like seventh grade math class, and your teacher is the light heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, like what? Like what? Uh, see now, now I need to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Rich Franklin versus Forrest Griffin. Come on, dude. I'm I'm a historian, dog. I'm yeah, a historian. Dude, you got those dates. Yeah, 2011. Damn, son. What Damn. happened? Uh, Forrest Griffin by decision, round okay. three. It was the co-main event on UFC 126. Who's and the main event? Th- you want to know the main event, dude? Only m- one of my favorite knockouts ever. Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort. <laughs> Knocked him out hey, in round. Are you one. even in Muay Thai if you don't mention that front kick once a week, dude? Once. That's the greatest teep knockout next to this past weekend that just happened. That is the greatest foot jab knockout in his in UFC history. I'm telling you, the distance, the timing was just. I'm, dude. Do you want to know the best knockout in UFC? Now history? you got me hyped on Anderson Silva and his Let's prime. see now how how like, much you watch fighting. Let's say Yair Rodriguez at the bell rings. Up top elbow to Korean zombie sleeps him. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yep. remember to this day thinking, why is he sleeping? What just happened? Mm-hmm. Dude, this podcast yep. really has touched seven different topics. That's that's what I'm all about. We go all over the place. There's no, listen, I told you, there's no game plan. I might have a couple of questions written down in this notebook. Some Joe I'm Rogan telling shit. you right now, there is no shit. game plan. There is no game plan. I just want... Listen, we talked about your business, right? Check. I have a question. Talked about what you're passionate about? Check. And I got to show how cool of a person you are and plug your business. So that's a win-win for me, Doug. I appreciate it. I'm still ready yeah. to rock for another hour, to be honest with you. Dude, I can't. Another hour? Oh, my God, dude. This, this is not Joe Rogan. I can't pump out three hours, Listen, dude. Listen, so I do, I do have a serious question back to business. Yeah. I know for me, having kids like – wicked totally changed how i see like business and life take the floor for like three minutes and tell me how having the little fat man like changed the way you see life and how you see business for you when i got into real estate this was pre-ashton and i would say yes to every appointment every client everything that walked through through the door now that i have him I have to be more intelligent about how I spend my time. Just a little selfish in a way? Yes, to a, to a point, right? Like I still run a good business. Like before, I would end up kind of running in circles with people who either A, didn't have a pre-approval, 
B would have me show 10 different houses and we never wrote an offer and would go, would ghost me. And since I had Ashton, I put a lot of rules and, and things in place. Look, I've showed houses to a guy with no pre-approval three years ago. And I went from Fulton to Chittenango to Oswego to uh, Auburn to all over the place. And it did nothing but just completely waste my time. And I'm not, I cannot do that when I have Ashton because I do not get that time back nope. ever in real estate. About 60% of the time ends up in divorce. Okay. Listen, this is not about the kid anymore too. This is also about my wife. I got to make sure. sure I spend time with her and spend time with my family. So putting those rules in place, really having more of a tight business for me really had to change when I had him. I really had to make some business changes when, when I had him. And so was, was that a conversation you had and ongoingly have with your wife or is that kind of something you kind of just like made in your mind? You're like, I'm making this decision and this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. This was, this was like mostly in my head, like prior, I still, we still made time for each other. We still were like, had, it was very important to make sure we had Brittany, and Corey time, which is actually, I've said this before, but the the Google calendar on my phone has been a, a lifesaver, right? Because I can put my appointments in there. I can see this weekend she's got pumpkin picking with the family. Time's blocked out. I can't put any appointments in that day. Sorry. That has been a game changer. But it was always prior was her and I time. And then when I had Ashton, I remember in the hospital holding him while Brittany was sleeping and just being like, man, shit's going to get so much different now in a good way. Right. Like, but so I, we talk I, about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yep. Right. When there. you hold your kid for the first time and you're a dad. Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit. I, Cause I know you felt that. Yeah. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. When I, when I held him, I knew everything was going to change for the better. Like things were going to, we're going to be awesome. I mean, it's stressful, right? The first few months, Very. especially when you have a baby, you're not sleeping. You're kind of in this weird haze. Like Chris just told me, he's like, I don't even know what day of the week it is. And it's, it's very true. You have no yeah. idea what day of the week it is, but I have been, I was very fortunate that I have a really great dad. So it's like, when I held him, I was like, very. I was like, fuck, how am I going to like fucking live up to my, my dad's the coolest fucking dude ever. Like, I love that guy. He, here we go. Here, I'm going to, show something so we we have that charity stream coming up right he took it upon himself to print off all these like little like wooden tokens for us oh that's so cool for our Dude, three lives is sick by the way they have dude, the be- hey real plug a uh, quick plug for three lives yeah. they have tater tots dude they Amazing. have these tater- oh. yeah if you're listening to this live on instagram or you're listening to this on the youtube or the podcast yeah go to three lives and get the freaking loaded tater tots. Thank us later. Thank us. Thank later. me later. The shit is bomb, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. But I, but I've been very like I, very fortunate that I. That'll be a nineteen ninety nine plug. <laughs> and uh, I was I was more worried how I was gonna live up to my dad in in that moment, and also, holy shit, I have a baby. What yeah. what do I do now? <laughs> I'm like, oh god, you, damn you, it! Figure it out. Point, do you think you've lived up 
are you everything you thought you would be? Are, have you lived up to your dad, do you think? Yeah, I mean, so far, so far, so good. He's alive. He's healthy. You know, no issues. Alive, so. good. <laughs> he's still alive. Um, but no, yeah, I just, uh, I'm giving myself this one. Yeah, I think I have. I think, I think I'm too hard on myself. That's too hard good, on though. myself. I'm giving you myself, I, I definitely, I think I'm, I'm a good dad. I'm not, that I'm not worried about, especially because I put those rules in place. I feel like if I went crazy with real estate, I think I would for sure be a, a shit dad. It's I think it, uh, time. our generation has, uh, will be like the first generation of fathers that like care in a way with respect. Mm. Like I think like the previous generation, like I think it's reeled back a little bit every generation and our generation is the first generation that like both of us, we've admitted that we've given up things to spend more times with our kids. And oh, you're right. I know I do. And I know you do just yep. knowing you, I hug my kids, both of them, kiss them on the lips and tell them I love them 97,000 times a day. Yep. And that wasn't yep. really the way it was before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, do you think you make me. it a point even more because oh my God. Your dad was was rough. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And that's the cool thing where like you have someone to live up to. I ca- it's a good and bad. Like I have an idea of what I don't want to be, and I'm and I try every day to not be that. But mm-hmm. I also like don't really have anything. To, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. It's definitely good and bad. Like Mark Lawson's got some big shoes to fill, right? But that just that just holds my my ass to the fire even more. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to like having kind of a rough a rough upbringing or a rough dad, then you just want to be like, I don't want to be like that piece of shit. Yeah. I want to. So, I want to. So be I have a question and something to build on after. Um, do you think it's been a positive or a negative that you have something to live up to? And this, the reason why I ask is because it's part of my point. Next, go. Uh, I think positive because for like for me i'm a like i'm a very much a self-motivated person right if like i have a good influence in my life so that was like it was never going to be a an issue for me but i think some people might want a shit example of what not to be to be a good dad you know what i mean does that make sense yeah absolutely what what do you think what so it's kind of two-pronged so I I've forced myself to trick myself that it's a complete and utter positive. And the reason why I am so motivated and successful is because I had a shitty home situation mm-hmm. and like every concurrent move that I've made has been because I was homeless at certain points. I didn't know where I was going to eat. Like dude, like we use the stove to heat the house type poor, like yeah. poor, poor. Right. And so every move has been like, my kids are not doing that shit. Like when I was 18, 19, and I didn't have kids, I went to college because I knew eventually I was going to have kids and they're going to have to have something to live up to. Like mm-hmm. there's something to be said about not having something to live up to. Like, so I think everybody has a different purpose on life and why they're here. And I think mine is to change my family's like legacy. No man in my college has ever, no man in my family's ever been to college. My dad's a fucking loser, like beat my mom, left, loser, 
haven't talked to him three times in 15 years. And I was put on this earth to change the men behind me and change our name. And the reason why I ask if you felt like it was a positive or a negative, because, and people have asked me all the time, why, why did you get an MBA? Why, why are you doing this? Why? And it, Every single move wasn't – I didn't want what the NBA did for me. And Jake O'Donnell's in here, and I've said this to him, and he'll confirm. I told him, and I tell everyone, I didn't get the NBA for what it would do for me. I did the NBA for if my kids want to get an NBA, not only do they know they can do it, they know they belong. And I got in these C-suite conversations, and I started a business, and it's going to fucking explode, and I'm going to kill it. And it isn't even for me and what it will do for me. It's what it will do for them. And again – if these C-suite conversations and these suit and ties and the people in the big tall buildings, my boys don't just, they can't, not only can they just be there, they fucking belong there. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I just wanted to ask, like, maybe I'm going a little too hard. Maybe there's a little too much to live up to, you know? <laughs> and I think life's all about a balance, but you know, I just, I've tricked again. I just want to bring it back to you. I've tricked myself into believing the best fucking thing that ever happened to me was my dad being a loser, man. Mm-hmm. It is Jake O'Donnell, all facts. Cause I told him the same thing like four years ago and he knows, he knows what it's about. So yeah. And I listen, like I think a lot of times that could be a good motivating factor for a lot of people that, that might kind of need that. You yeah. Know? And going you back know? to, I don't know where I would be. Holy hell. Dude, I at the uh my dad was the one that bought me the real estate course when no I when I I remember like calling my dad or maybe it was at a holiday when I was explaining to him everything was going on and I'm like I just I think I'm going to get out of retail. I think I'm going to get a new career. And he's like, "Well, what do you what do you think you're going to do?" And I remember uh telling him I had just written down like things that I want out of my next career. It was in a notebook that I wrote down. And it you was still like, have it? No, I don't. I wish I did. I lost it after um, when we had uh, switched around from the offices. And uh, man, I fucking wish I still had it. That's a good point. Damn, I wish I had it. That would be so it, sick. Um, the point I was saying was I had wrote down in the notebook uh, three bullet points or four bullet points of what I want out of my next career, right? Like I wanted uh, – I still wanted to work with people. I still, I still like – talking to to people hence the podcast right i wanted to do something a little bit more impactful right and uh what was number three i feel like i feel like number three was a very broad term like be be excited to get to work or be excited to be doing what i'm doing yeah and i honestly there was like two jobs, three jobs that I thought of. One was going to, I was going to cut hair. I was going to be a barber. Okay. I can see you being a barber. Estate. Dude, I could be a barber. Why not? Two real estate. Three, I was going to start my own uh, uh, boxing company line. And I, okay. I, and I didn't do, I didn't do the other two, obviously. I went into real estate. And when I told my dad, I was like, eh, I don't know. I think, you know, I think I'm leaning kind of towards real estate. I think that'd be a fun job. I, you know, I, I, had uh, interviewed a couple of agents that I was friends with. So I got a feel for like what the job was and sat in on a couple of meetings, which was pretty cool. And uh, then literally the next time I saw my dad, he was like, he hands me a sheet of paper. He goes, here you go. I go, what is this? He goes, uh, this is your New York state licensing course for your real estate license. So 
here's the code. You're going to have to log in online, put the code in, and then you have the – it was a Groupon. That's what it was. It was a, it was a okay. Groupon. That's Groupon what stick. it was. It, it was like, here, the course is going to cost you 100 bucks. He's like, I'll pay for it too if you want. I was like, what? What do you mean? That's, dude, that's like, so cool. He When he put that in my hand, I then – like when I grabbed the paper, I was like, oh, shit, I can't. I can't back away on now. Like he, he went through the trouble, like set everything up, found a, a school that I could go to, to get my license and then put me in a position where I almost couldn't say no. Yeah. You do know? you, do you try to be that person for other people? Yes, definitely more than I did before. Dude, before I got into real estate, I was extroverted. I think people can switch between the two. There's like some people think, no, I'm extroverted. I don't want to talk to anybody. But when I got into real estate, I was like, if I get into it, I have to be a lot more outgoing than I am right now and really kind of change my persona. Because think about it. When you work retail, you're not going out and meeting right. people and trying Coming to get clients. They come to you, right? And then you deal with runnings. I was probably dealing with like 100 people in a day, like between associates, customers, phone calls, and emails. And now that's drastically cut in half. And I feel like I... I can give my clients the best version of myself because I'm, I have more energy. I'm not so socially drained from sure. You know what I mean? Love that. So you were, you think you were a little bit more introverted? A hundred percent. Yeah. When I was in retail, it was, I would work my shift, come home, play video games, go to bed, or it would be work my shift, go to Taikai shower and bed. Like that was like my routine. It was no, no social, no, like me reaching out to people and, and shit like that. Like it was very, I just stayed in my lane. That was it. But when I got into real estate, I was like, I really got to branch out more. I got to start learning. Like, dude, I was watching YouTube videos on how to network with people. Like, here's how you should talk to people. And here's the best way you should communicate. There's like, all that free info I'm talking about, man. Exactly. YouTube, dude. Exactly. Dude, I've spent thousands of hours on YouTube learning a million different things. I watched a YouTube video on how to change my sump pump, and it went pretty well. Nice. So far, so, far, so good. <laughs> uh, TJ, this was an hour and 15 minutes. This is the longest podcast I've done. The best one, I'd argue. And the best one. Yeah, that's right, dude. We, Thank you we, for doing the podcast, bro. We you hit a lot of different topics. We covered marketing. We covered social media. We cried a little. We talked about UFC. We talked about our families. Listen, dude, this was a great podcast that covered yep. pretty much all the boxes. I'm ready to come back on anytime. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, once more, tell them your social media handles, and then I'll put it in the show description yeah, yeah. below. Uh, so it's at Two Boys Media. So Instagram's the only one that's the number two boys media. The rest of them, uh, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, is at two boys media and then you can find me at two boys media.org um best way to reach out to you yeah probably the email so it'll be uh, that's not a good one never mind my just reach out to me on online my last name's really hard to spell if you okay. want to put it in the description you can go ahead it's Tyler Terramidji at two boys media.org but there's two different places you can fill out a submission on the website which is two boys media.org small businesses nonprofits I'm out here trying to freaking change lives, baby. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it. My buddy, TJ. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing. From the text messages to social media posts, it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.